0: Welcome to the Love Cars On The Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman.
1: Welcome to Love Cars On The Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. A busy old weekend in terms of motorsport all over the globe, including Formula One and Formula Two in Monaco with Porsche Super Cup was also in Monte Carlo. He's also in Monte Carlo. We'll come on to that in a moment. Indy 500, NASCAR, uh, bikes at Mugello. Then we go over to the UK. We've got BTCC and we've got um, British GTs, I think, as well. But got to kick off with Formula 1 because you're in Monte Carlo now, living the
0: dream Tiff Nadell. A little bit uh, tender this morning. I was... um hosting um, a corporate group with Motor Passion, the most wonderful tour guides sort of a company that takes uh, people around the world and I'm one of their ambassadors. So yeah, it was a different thing for me because I was, I was on one of the boats, you know, and um, doing the doing the corporate gig and it, it's quite an occasion. I think a lot of the guests I was talking to and I said, don't expect any overtaking and I told them up front and you know, they're all there for the occasion and I think that's what Monaco is all about. I think for most people that visit, it might not be so good on the telly but you you tell me what that was like but it um, was
1: rubbish on the telly the only excitement was the rain and the fact you didn't the FIA I got soaked hold on a minute I got soaked the fact at least i stayed dry but the fact that the fia didn't seem to know what was going on that was the only excitement other than that yeah, i
0: didn't know all that a bit you know yeah. you know you don't get much communication you know you go out to the boat from another harbour so you get soaked on a little boat going out some tiny boats with a huge <laughs> It's, it's the, water, the <laughs> water's all over the place you know because all so many boats go backwards <laughs> into the harbour and then yeah you know, there's food and wine and gin you can you can just see a little bit we were right by the ship we actually had our boat at a very good um position. If you see my tweet, there's a photo from where I could watch the race of the, the very tight, the Nouvelle chicane after the tunnel, where there might be some overtaking. I'd had hopes and told my guests we might be seeing the overtaking here. Um, but, you know, first of all, we're all out there waiting. <laughs> we all got soaked. So once, then twice, we kept going in I thought I should stay there as a true motor racing enthusiast. I couldn't retire to the bar as quick as some of the guests did. Um, so we didn't really know what was going on. Half of this FIA with the starting lights, I just we didn't like, this. know what was going on. We were watching it on oh, TV
1: with Sky Sports and everybody <laughs> behind the scenes. It was just—it just seemed to be. Yeah, but I
0: was just ordering another gin and <laughs> tonic at that stage. I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't think there was any chance of a grid start anyway, because normally when you when you have a safety car start, they go round and round, and then just release them. So that seemed quite normal to me. But apparently, they didn't have a grid start because there was a power failure or something.
1: Well, I think, I think that it, 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 everything seemed to be quite contentious. The FIA didn't seem to be briefing anybody or letting anybody know what was going on. So it all seemed to be quite contentious and people were scratching their heads. The commentary, the Sky Sports commentary, as always, was brilliant. But it was a case of what, we don't know what's going on. We haven't got a clue. It was, uh, it was a guessing game. Um, and, like
0: and- it's not, not to watch Grand Prix on television, just to be there with a gin and tonic in your hand seems to make it work much, much better.
1: Yeah, and what about the actual race? You've got to feel sorry for Charles, Charles oh, was no. the, the local boy. No. Did everything right in, in qualifying, <laughs> literally on top. The, the last thing he wanted was rain on uh, two o'clock on. But Sunday. he looked
0: great out front, you know. You know, the, the front four there: that George, Rathlando and George are two British boys in the not such the best cars, hanging on to the back of the big four. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a spectacle. That's the only word I can say. I mean, you know, when you see them all going through the chicane in front of you, the noise and the sound. Um, and we, I was watching, obviously, with my guest team. Gonna, someone's got to stop and go for the green. I was telling them all, watch the sidewalls of the tyres. You have to sort of educate people that don't know about motorsport. Um, watch the sidewalls. Wait for someone to go green with the intermediate, which I think Gasly did first. He did. So we're, but the thing, we Gasly caught the pack up very quickly. And then, of course, he couldn't overtake. He did one overtake. I saw on television one brave overtake on the inside out of the back. So um, I did see one overtake on the screen, little screen.
1: See, that's the uh, problem. Even though the the um, Inters, or, or indeed, uh, as they went on to slicks, were quicker uh, at certain periods, that was the problem. If you're going to get into the pack, the, the teams were making the strategy, there's no point in going on to the faster tire because you're going to go in the mid-pack and you're, and yeah. you're going to slow down. Um, but in terms of strategy, what an absolute
0: balls up from Ferrari. <laughs> oh. Of course, you know, we didn't see the pit stops, our commentary. Yeah. So, you know, I suddenly saw, you know, when Leclerc came back out again, and hold on a minute, Perez is miles in front of Leclerc. You know, I like, how on earth did that happen? You know, and obviously I've read the story since and uh, bungled um, strategy and pit stops. And was it science came out and got caught by, was it Schumacher? Someone held him up. That was yeah. his re- dropping. You know the fact that you could lose a place, you know, by how you come out of the pit lane. And of course, the pit lane. I read all that about the Ferrari protesting Max, and it seems to be a rather befuddled stewards' explanation of why he wasn't penalised. And, and I'm glad he wasn't. I, I hate that one foot just slightly over a pit exit line. And I think well,
1: that. But rules are rules. <laughs> see, see, no, no, it's it's irrelevant whether it's Max or Lewis. If it was if it was Lewis, the Max fans are going crazy. Vice I know, versa. I know. It's irrelevant who it is, Um, but the fact, a rule is a rule. Otherwise, where is the line? No, I don't. There has to be a... They should have ruled on on it within the race. I mean, it was such an easy decision within a race. Look at it and make a decision. I'm glad they didn't do it retrospectively, because that's awful when you go back and say, (laughs) actually, your uh, trophy um, has got to be handed to...
0: I think maybe if it was like a full wheel over the line... Might be, but it's when you just the edge of your tire just goes over uh, the line. It was,
1: it was quite a deliberate poke over the line, in my opinion. It was quite a deliberate poke over the line, forcing um, uh, Charles to to. Oh, was it? Oh, Charles yeah. was that close? Was yeah, he, he was. He, he Charles had the run on him over the line, and so it was. It was, but but clearly, what we see on TV and and, and the small bits of data we have, we can't make a, a full and final decision on that. Yeah. We have to rely on the FIA, but sadly, we don't have much confidence in them because they mm. just seem to balls everything up these days.
0: One of the best things about Monaco, we know that they don't overtake the race, but it does show talent in the cockpit. And I think, you know, if you look at the grid, it sort of showed up the likes of Latifi and Zhao and and Schumacher to some extent as well. You know, they're just not really quick enough, you know, compared to their teammates. I think, you know, it really did show up. Who else was um, out-qualified? Latifi, Zhao, Stroll, you know, because... of Sebastian, did he got to the top 10? And so the gaps, the gaps in qualifying always fascinate me in Monaco because they do get wider, you know, than other circuits where the very good driver could be better, you know, closer to his teammates. So, and then of course, Max, you know, not Mac, Mick, Mick and Max, Mick had that massive shunt. I mean, whoa, whoa, that's two hashes he's broken in half this year so far. I don't know what the cost of a Grand Prix car is nowadays, but that must be millions millions of pounds. Yeah,
1: um, well, Carlos. Sadly, I don't
0: think you know, Mick's good enough. I think it's a bit mm, of a shame, but you know, I think
1: so as well. I mean, sadly, you know, he's he's riding on the back of his father's uh, legacy there in, in yeah. a lot of ways. But and Ricardo,
0: um, the other story of the weekend, of course, is Ricardo. You know, all we'll the talk about you know, contract. He could be taken out of his contract for next year, and. Um, he's having a miserable time because had that he had that big shunt in qualifying or, or FP3 was it I can't remember
1: the, the grid um, needs personalities like Daniel Ricciardo however however it's time for Daniel Ricciardo to go because he's yeah. just he's he's lost He's lost what he had, and you can say that he's he hasn't chilled with the uh, McLaren. He he's not the right car for him. But he's had a good stint now, and and get one yeah. of the young guys in. That's what that's what. And I Lewis thinking.
0: Lewis was sad to watch. You know, he, he was <laughs> dropping away from Alonso. You know, whereas you know George. I mean George, you know, George has got the the young keenness to fight that car and get every ounce out of it and perform superbly. You know, and he managed to leap Lando in and the pits to get a very good fifth place. But Lewis, at, you know, he's just in the, in the backpack and, and not very interested. I in don't think
1: it's so frustrating for the drivers because to, to, if you park it in the middle, you just—it's so hard to get past in Monaco. I was there; I think it was '94 when um, the Senna, Mansell. So Mansell had a puncture. Oh four, yeah, yeah. 14 laps ago, I wasn't doing Corporal country. I was up on the hill on the cheap seats, um, and I was watching, and it was—and it was the only excitement really for 14 laps. Mansell was trying yeah. his damnedest to get past this this uh, uh, past Senna and he just couldn't do it, but.
0: Um, well, it was the same, you know, but every lap, watching those four cars go through that Nouvelle chicane, you know, 20 yards or 50 yards away from us, you know, it was still exciting, That was, it was a spectacle, you know, I kept on getting my guests, you know, coming through the tunnel, they they might go for a dive at our no. chicane, I was, I was hyping it up as much as possible, knowing full well inside that nobody was going to.
1: I don't from. know the stats, I should know this, to, to quote it, but to tell us below if you do know, I don't think there's a single DRS overtake, I don't...
0: Thing. No, because that Sandero, especially when it's greasy like that, because <laughs> yeah. even when they're all off Offline would have been greasy. So <laughs>
1: uh, but I
0: mean, the only, the only drama I saw a bit on the television. There's a slow mo of uh, Perez's front left tire looked pretty nacker. Were they talking about yes, that towards the
1: they end? They do that all the time. That's the only thing they got to talk about <laughs> from the end of a Grand Prix. They do that all the time. All oh, the degradation on this tire. Look, it's it's not even. That's <laughs> I think that's just hype. Um, there was drama, and I've just mentioned it very briefly. But Carlos uh, also had a massive moment. Um, and uh, down by where you were actually coming onto the main straight and uh, he had a massive moment. He caught it and uh, but that, was, that was almost the Mick Schumacher moment where he was very, very close uh, to writing his car. But unlucky for, for Charles, uh, great for Carlos. Um, what was the feeling down in Monte Carlo about um, Chico winning?
0: Well, yeah, everyone seems to love Chica. I think, you know, he's a great character. I think those I met within the sport, you know, I met someone later that, you know, said, I know Chica Colt well and everybody loves him so much. I think it was, you know, the tear in his eye and, you know, no Mexicans ever won the Monaco Grand Prix so I think I there's think a lot of love for Chad I think of course it came off of the, of the Barcelona when he was told to give the place to, to Max and um, was a bit sort of uh, upset about it you know, not fair so I think it was quite nice in a way that he won the Grand Prix but he'd pretty much rather have Monaco on his CB than Barcelona so I think 100% uh, that's the one everybody
1: um, wants to win other than their home country that's the one everyone wants Yeah, to win. I think
0: everybody still wanted Leclerc you know, I think Leclerc you know, the, the principality the Monaco story and Ferrari um, but Perez was probably the second best choice.
1: So last point on Monaco, would they have, Would if Max was in second, would um, Chico have had to concede? Well, I that.
0: <laughs> well that, to be honest, I, earlier on, the two Ferraris were pulling away from Perez. and I was expecting them to switch Max yeah. with Perez earlier on, and yeah. um, it didn't happen. And of course, if they'd done that, Max would have won the Grand Prix. And um, maybe Red Bull are, are ruining the fact that they didn't switch them earlier on. But, you know, then people shout team orders, you mustn't have them. But, you know, team orders to me, are, you're paying two drivers millions of pounds a year. and They do what you tell them to do for, yeah, I, for the good I, of the team. So
1: I, I agree with you, however frustrating it is. and, and <laughs> In fact, I have got a final point, and it is about team orders. How many times is Christian Horner on Sky Sports? Is he paid by Sky Sports? Because no other, no other team principal does it. Matt. Maybe, maybe that's
0: why I enjoyed the Grand Prix so much. I didn't have to say <laughs> Christian Horner to all on the pit It's
1: unbelievable. <laughs> is it? No, genuinely, it's a genuine. Christian, is he paid by Sky Sports to do a certain amount of contracted minutes in a race? Because it was, it's quite incredible now, and he's the only one that does it. I don't know whether it's. Uh, uh, he likes being on TV or whether he, I don't know. I'm sure
0: he does, I'm sure he
1: does. Because he's English-speaking, first language, I know they all speak English, but first language uh, English. But anyway. Um, yeah. so we, we had
0: a chance for English, we're British, we're in the Super Cup, the Porsche Super Cup. We got like Hacking. Harry King.
1: P2 he, qualified he qualified second.
0: He yeah. was thousands of a second off pole. I'm yeah. not sure what happened. Apparently the results, he was fifth and there was some sort of, he dropped some he, penalty places. He, he probably he finished
1: second him. and he got three place penalty, I believe, yeah.
0: So, uh, I'm not really sure. He's, what he's, he, doesn't, he doesn't give a take, Harry. He goes for chats and out there with other drivers. He's quite a young talent. And uh, you know, hopefully, we'll see him driving a Porsche at Le Mans in five or eight years' time.
1: Yeah, good um, stuff. There's also F2 Cormac, at Monaco as
0: well. Yeah, Drugovic won. I forget who won the reverse grid race because it annoys me because it's just he who qualifies 10th. Oh, no, that was a bit sad because so um, the British guy, um, he had the pole and he wrote the car off. Uh, in qualifying they rebuilt the car massively overnight and then he stalled from his pole position in the oh come on names come on results come on tiff's brains gone completely I might be something who was <laughs> a drink last night <laughs> yeah anyway, anyway so but to refer to him yet yeah, that was a great shame but the reverse grid was won by who was second on the grid um but drugovic seems for the class of uh, of F2 at the moment so it'd be great to see him a Brazilian may be back in Formula One next year if you can get a gap. Good stuff.
1: Um, let's go Hughes, to Hughes, America. Because Hughes. I, uh, I've well got guy's well name's Gumby Hughes. Well done. I was Sorry. just, I was just um, Googling it, actually. Uh, but that saves me a job. So we go to America, and it was, of course, the Indy 500. The biggest race in the world, probably the most spectators, I would say. not. I huge.
0: think so, yeah. I mean, you know, and a win for Marcus Ericsson, the Swede. You know, he wore a Ronnie Peterson tribute helmet as well, which was great. And, you know, Marcus was a guy. He, he won in Formula 2 and Formula 3. He had these, I don't know how many seasons. He had two or three seasons in Grand Prix racing, didn't he, with a very, very back-of-the-grid team and didn't seem to quite have the, the skill to be jumped into a Ferrari. So he's been plying his trade over an IndyCar, you know, for about two or three years now. And, um, you know, I, mean, I think he would rather, almost rather have won the Indy 500 than a, than a single Grand Prix, you know. I think you know, <laughs> if that's your career level, you know, I think one IndyCar Indy 500... And it sounded like an amazing race. I mean, there were crashes, galore, and and the likes I read the report on what you meant, Roman Grosjean crash, Cullen Ilott, the British guy, with a big shunt. So Renus VK, the young Dutch kid, the sort of the Max Verstappen of America, you know, Scott McLaughlin, who was who won the championship, and Jimmy Johnson had that huge shunt right at the end. And you know, they're all saying most of them just say, you know, it just went on me. You know, they seem to get surprised. You know, 220 miles an hour around corners and the back suddenly steps out on you. Um, but loads of different leaders, a great band. Scott Dixon, of course, he was on pole, who, who was the favourite, and he he had a, a pit lane speeding infringement, who dropped him back. Uh, Alex Palo the, the Spanish champion at the moment, the reigning champion, he had a, some, some pit lane penalty. They all chip Ganassi. The chip Ganassi cars seemed to have the pace. And Marcus Erickson was chip Ganassi, and um, so was uh, Dixon Palau. And uh, Tony Canaan was third. He's another Ganassi car. So it was a pretty Ganassi dominated day. But, you know, it just sounded like it was a blitz of a race with plenty of overtaking and action. And um, I wish I'd watched it last night instead of reading the report. Pato Award came second the McLaren in between the two cars.
1: I might see him in in Formula One, you know. I think, get Daniel over to America, do a bit of glitz and glamour of uh, Indy 500 and uh, do a a seat swap for the second half of the season.
0: Could be, could be. Well, one of of his team anyway. But, of course, the... um, they gave the other guys in their test drive, which upset Pato. I mean, who knows? Who knows? But anyway, it sounded like the Indy 500 lived up to its reputation as, as an amazing spectacle. As did NASCAR, again, over in America. You know, I know <laughs> people think, why do I keep on mentioning NASCAR and IndyCar? But there's great racing. You know, they're overtaking and Anybody has a chance to win. And Now, the Charlotte 600, 600 miles, the longest race on the calendar. Sound like a crash fest as well. Carl Larson, you know, is my favorite. You know, he, he rode to his keys car up and qualify, which means you have to start from the back of the grid with your backup car. So he had a bad beginning to the race, then apparently he was hitting the wall and spinning during the race. There's a lovely quote I read this morning that he's on the radio to his team saying, I just suck. Me as a driver, <laughs> I just suck. You imagine a Grand Prix driver saying that? It's just me. Sorry, guys, I just... Suck. Well, some of the some of the stuff you hear the Grand
1: Prix for the Grand Prix drivers now is just. I'll oh, uh, get over it. You like you quite like a bit of emotion, but I just think you've got to be a bit more professional.
0: Uh, uh, Chris to- Boucher had a huge shunt, um, rolling over about five times. There was a big multiple shunt on the start finish area. He got on the grass in front of the pits and dug in and rolled over about five times. Denny Hamlin, one for Toyota. So it was another another Toyota win as followed last week. But um, entertainment, you know, you may not like the the fact that all the Indy cars are the same car, or all the NASCARs are big old trucks. But um, it's entertainment.
1: <laughs> Speaking of entertainment, let's go to Italy, Mugello, for some two wheel entertainment. Did you get? Yeah, did you catch it, any of that?
0: Yeah, I saw it on, on the boat. On the boats while we were waiting <laughs> for the uh, Grand Prix on the telly, we had the, we saw the the, the Motor GP race. I didn't see the Moto Two, Moto One. Um, the Ducati boy, was it uh, Francesca Bagnaia, came through for another win. So he's looking, in fact, he's now up to second in the championship because Fabio Quattoraro on his um, Yamaha, he was chasing hard and still leads the title now. So it's close as when lots of different winners. So MotoGP was good. And oh, Moto2, our, our, our young boy finally, Pedro Costa. The Formula, Formula 3, Moto 3 runaway winner last year, uh, had a win. So he's finally got on the podium. He's got his act going a bit later in the season. We all thought he would be you know, a Moto 2 winner from the world go, but he's taken him his while. But uh, he had his first win. Jake Dixon had a finish finally after lots of falls and problems. He's only sixth, not where he hoped to be. Sam Lowe's didn't finish. I don't know what happened to him. Um... Moto 3, no joy for the Brits either. Uh, Joshua Watley was our quickest, 21st, but uh, John McPhee and Scott Ogden, who's this talented young kid we hope to see up front, both didn't finish for reasons I don't know. But Mugello motorbikes, um, apparently the Moto, the Moto 3 was one of these classic. You know, 11 kids had a chance to win on the last lap. You know, and they were banging elbows and pushing and shoving. So um, great racing, great entertainment for the motorbike boys back at home btcc, BTCC are your home yeah. circuit you've probably I'm done more raps, laps always, you've probably done more
1: laps on that circuit than anyone else <laughs> how many do you reckon you've
0: done i don't know i don't why know why haven't I've
1: they done... named a corner after you please don't I'm... ever name a straight
0: after tiff Nadell anyone that's i've done seven thousand of those passenger rides i did with a bmw you too can sit beside me at constructionracing.co.uk <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I've now done 7,000 of those rides. So that's that's 21,000 laps in a BMW M3 stroke M4. But so, if, we,
1: if anyone does it, name part of a track after you, don't ever do it straight, because you're not a straight man. You're a quarter man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But uh, it wasn't a BMW track so much. Um, Josh Cook, uh, in his Honda, dominated the first two races from pole. Um, so he had two wins. Then the reverse grid race gave a win for BMW because um, it was Adam Morgan came through for his first win of the year in a private BMW. Um, but the reverse grid race put my mate Plato on pole. And, of course, Jason, for the last, I don't know, it feels like 10 years, it's probably been about three yeah. years, he's been trying to get from his 97 wins up to 100. And uh, there he was on pole, which you know he had a very—he was a teammate for Cook, so he's Honda has got a good car this year, so he's got much better chance of winning again. Uh, but he flapped the start and he was running fifth on the back of the pack. Then he apparently fell off. I don't see what happened, but he made a mistake and, and went off and uh, dropped to the back.
1: It's so pretty that brutal 98th, racing.
0: Win, 98th win was in his grasp for a while. Uh, I'm
1: sorry to say, he is not. it's highly unlikely. He's so competitive now. He's done he's had an amazing career to get yeah. to 97. It's just phenomenal. Well, he said it's
0: his last now, so he's got to do it this year or never because he says he's pulling out this year. But... Um, I mean, I'm sure that I didn't see any results of all of Janetto Junior's round structure and the Formula 4 boys and the Porsches and
1: well, I think uh, so that's I think that's great. the thing with any uh, race. It's like a boxing match. You have your, your main title fight, but then you have all your undercards as well. There's so yeah. much racing going on. It's a rampact of these sort of events. Well, that's
0: where you don't get a Grand Prix racing. You know, I remember in the '60s and '70s with my dad. You know, once I got out of the car in the traffic jam for the Silverstone to run into the circuit to catch the Formula Three race. But we used to have, like, 10 races. I might be exaggerating through rose okay. tinted glasses. But a Grand Prix day, you'd have touring cars, sports cars, Formula 3s. You know, there's been races all day long. And now with the way they run, you know, this razzmatazz and everything. You know, you, the, the poor old um, the Formula Regional Renault, it was. there wasn't Formula 3 in Monaco. And they, they raced at 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> you know, then the Formula 2 was at 11 o'clock. And then I think the Super Cup Porsche was well... at like mid-
1: they're so worried, these big events are so worried about ruining the Armaco or the barriers no. or, or whatever that they, they, they don't There risk it, but um, yeah. So when you go to little regional events or big regional events like Thruxton, there's always stuff going on as well. So um, speaking of other stuff in the UK, British GTS, I didn't catch any of that at all. If I don't, yeah,
0: no, I I just saw the result. Um, It wasn't a Lamborghini win for most of for a bad weekend, but congratulations. But it was Morgan Tilbrook and Marcus Clutton in the McLaren. McLaren McLarens don't often win gt three. It's usually Mercedes, Lamborghinis, Ashton. So uh, looks like a good win up at Donington for the McLaren boys. So. Good for them. Very good. Yeah, lots of entertainment, and I'm glad I was in Monaco then on a boat yeah. and watching it on telly back home.
1: I tell you, well, look, we all know what Monaco is. It is a procession. If you're in front, you, you, unless your strategy messes up like Charles, then you you've won. But there was there wasn't that much there was there wasn't that much excitement other than wondering what on earth the FIA are doing a couple of times. But. Uh, it's, a, it's it? the razzmatazz of Monte Carlo. Never a lot of happen.
0: talk. I don't know. With, with the commentators talking about you know talk about dropping, making it only every two years at Monaco? A lot of that going on. I don't know any more appetite on that from the telly commentators.
1: No, I think that would be a shame personally because you know it is it is about qualifying and and Monaco is more about the the whole event and and the occasion I think uh, and with their hundredth year coming up in a few years, 129, no 1929,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think it'd be a shame to drop it every two years. Just to I, don't, I don't <laughs> I don't really I do Monaco have, It was a race. Well, no, well, I end up working there every year. So I'm committed to the Monaco Grand Prix and earning. But if we, if we can miss out here go every two years, I could then go to, oh, what's that little race in America that I've never been to that always clashes with Monaco? Yeah. And maybe much of Passion could take some guests out to the Indy 500 with me hosting the trip. And I'd finally get to watch the Indy 500, which is something I desperately want to do.
1: So two plugs this week, Thruxton um, Fast yeah. Apps and uh, Motor
0: Fashion. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. I also love Cars, of course, making a new TV series <laughs> coming up soon on your TVs and YouTube. And, of course, podcasts every Monday at 7 o'clock with me and Paul Woodman talking about great stuff.
1: Talking, you were going to say And what's rubbish. on next
0: week? What's on next week? I've written it down here somewhere. While you're looking
1: uh, at that, i got to say that we have... Believe it or not, we've got some videos coming out on the main channel as well. So we'll update you uh, accordingly on the main channel, which should be good.
0: MotoGP, probably the biggest thing coming up this weekend in Barcelona. So That'll be good stuff down that long straight with the Moto Three Boys ten and ten wide. Uh, World Rally Championship goes to Italy, where this amazing Calle Rovere will maybe win four rallies on the trot as he dominates rallying. IndyCars and the IMSA sports cars both go that Belle Isle Detroit track, where overtaking is almost impossible, but uh, it's very spectacular. Um, as former E, for those that love former E, is in Jakarta, they're out there, and of course, there's a NASCAR race at Gateway. So, as always, plenty of entertainment for the motorsport world next weekend. Join us next weekend. Cheers! <laughs> Cheers. Oh, and before you go, seven o'clock, the same time as this podcast comes out. It's ITV4 for me and the Monaco historique from uh, two weeks ago when I presented the show. So all the highlights, I should have said this, to see some real racing at Monaco, overtaking at Monaco. um, Part one tonight, part two Tuesday, 7pm, ITV4. Real racing. That's British summertime. He's in Monaco, he's saying 7pm. British summertime, just to clarify. (laughs)